Talk Recorded live. Scuba Obsessed, the weekly podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba in the news. Obsessed episode 104 is recorded live February 23rd, 2012. Welcome back to Scuba Obsessed. I'm Darren Jolson, and some of the articles we're going to have in the news is we have the Great Barrier Reef visited by Google, we have a judge acquits. And we have students getting certified abroad. And as always, I'd like to welcome my co-host this week is Mac. How are you doing today, Mac? I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. And we also have a special guest this week. We have from across the pond, we have Renee Logan. How are you doing today, Renee? I'm very well, thank you. Excellent. And we asked Renee to be on the program because there's something going on. So, Renee, why don't you tell me about the competition that you're going through right now? Sure. I'm actually um, going for a competition which is called Best Dive Job in the World, which is run by Blue Susan Bali. And it's basically, if I win, I get seven months all paid to be a dive instructor, which is almost like an IDC certification Mm -hmm. in the beautiful sunshine, all expenses paid. Excellent. So what are they expecting you to do when you when you go there? You just get to lay around or do you actually have to No, I would work? love to sunbag, but no, it's basically when you get there, it's basically hardcore being trained up to be an IDC instructor, whatever certification you're on now. And I'm very, very junior, only advanced diver. So I have a lot of way to go in seven months. So hopefully, hopefully they can train me up to be to that level. So so what's the location again where that would be at? <clears throat> it's in Anisadua in Bali. Bali. Mac, now that, yeah. you, you haven't, you've never dove Bali, have you? No, no I, but I, I haven't sure even, like even been to Bali. I haven't even been to Bali. You, you haven't been to Bali either? No. Now, uh, what's your diving experience like, Renee? Um, I'm very, very junior. I've only clocked. 50 dives in my life, um, basically around Red Sea, Australia, and Mexico. So I'm very junior. That's why I want to replace my high heels right now for fins and stuff the rest of my life. Well, that's, uh, I mean, for, for me, I prefer fins over high heels. How about you, man? High heels? <laughs> yeah, the leotards just don't fit my body structure very well. <laughs> yeah. So, so what's the qualifications I, for this? I really want to get rid of my life right now. Yeah. <laughs> so what are the qualifications? Basically, it's more of like a PR campaign. So they want people to vote for you and basically the amount of like more votes that you get and the, the more campaigns that you do um, kind of they decide <clears throat> next month who's going to win. So for me, I've like been on my campaign like, I swim in the Thames. I've been swimming in Brighton Beach, like it's minus two degrees in the water. I basically been trying to campaign around. I need sunshine, so please don't let me dive anymore in like really terrible water. It's now quite I, cold. Now I saw on one of the websites where you were at, were you actually swimming in the River Thames? That is correct. See, I think Max We're jealous because. No. <laughs> Mac was asking if you were a wetsuit. Will they let you dive there? Yeah, no, I actually it was it's kind of illegal what we did, but we did we did dive. 
Um, and we got in there and it was only nine degrees water and it was it was very, very cold, but we got in and got out and I got my video done. That's what I did for my entry into this um, best dive job of the world competition. I would love to go there and dive for the junk on the bottom. That's got to be you? cool. Your history is so <laughs> You got so much history there. I know, but I'm actually Australian, but I understand the history for British people. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean, you got the Great Barrier Reef. I'd like to get out there, too. I have never been. I have never dived there. It's terrible. I can put up my hand up. I've never been there and dived there. Yeah. Well, where are you from in Australia? I'm from Sydney. <clears throat> so I've dived in Manly, but I've dived most of my dives over here in the UK, which has been really, really cold and dry suits and everything else. So that's the whole reason why I need to get back to bar and being sunshine. Yeah. Uh, we'll do a shout out to Craig, who's in Sydney. Yeah. One, one, one of our fans. So yeah, Craig, Craig's down that, that area of the world and dives and makes us completely jealous. <laughs> I'd like to get out there to the Queensland Islands myself. Now, how can somebody vote for you, Renee? Um, basically, what I need to do is go on to the website, which is um, www.bestdivejobintheworld, and just vote for me, which is Renee Logan. And if you go on to my blog, you can basically leave a message and um, you press a button which is green and you press up and that's how you vote so if it, so I, i'm on the website right now so let me scroll all the way down oh my gosh you got a, quite a few uh yeah people. well basically Excellent. we got shortlisted this week um there's only 10 people that got shortlisted so i'm very very happy about that that was Excellent. my valentine's day program Excellent. I already posted yeah. her uh, Facebook com pages. I put that on the uh, talk show. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. So I'm going to go and vote in there. And then I've also pasted the link in the chat room. So anybody in the chat room, go over and give Renee a vote. Thank you. Now, how, now when will you know if you've won or not? It's on the 13th of March. So basically, I've got six days left and, and the competition closes and we find out on the 13th of March. So it's pretty hardcore from obviously the to the end. Um, I'm also doing another campaign, which is swimming the length of Bali, which is 585 kilometers. We're down to 60 kilometers left. So if anyone wants to donate kilometers or miles or whatever else, please do, because I've only got a certain amount of time left. If you're swimming in Michigan or wherever else. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit cold, even in your bathtub, but please do. Okay, so I just typed up a little quick message there. I think I post a comment. Is that what it is? By posting a comment, we yeah, vote? Yeah, please do. Yeah, post a comment. It'll help. Okay, excellent. Oh, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Certainly, and then uh, we'll get that out there on Facebook and on the website and yeah see if we see if we can get them up so everybody if you're listening to this recorded you've got till what date is it the 27th 28 28th so you got till the 28th of february 2012 to vote renee and hopefully if you come by after that you can see that she's won oh just come to cool. bali me. i can teach oh, you oh excellent <laughs> yeah you don't have to take a lot of convincing to get me to bali just uh <laughs> fantastic so Okay, well, thank you very much, and you're welcome to stay on, Renee. We're going to go and go on with the rest of the podcast. We'll, we'll get into the news segment, where what we do is we cover the news that's been in scuba for the week, uh, do some commentary on it, and then we'll, after that we'll get into some of the dives of last week, all the while being distracted by the chat room, which has said squirrel a few times already. So let's see, the first one we've got up, and, the, and, and Mac, I'll apologize to you. Normally I've got these 
in a nice organized order, but today they're just random. So it's a potpourri of scuba-obsessed articles. Now, the first one is, what happens when your vehicle sinks to the bottom? It gets wet. <laughs> it gets wet. Waterlogged. Waterlogged. Hard to start. Hard to start, that's for sure. So what's happening is in the Midwest, we haven't had much of a winter, but I'm thinking as you get a little farther north, They've had enough of a winter to tempt them out on the ice, and then we've had warm weather uh, come creeping back in. So there's some spots that have had quite a few things fall through. So uh, these unseasonably warm temperatures are becoming a nightmare. Uh, up in Minnesota, they're having vehicles, ice houses, ATVs, and snowmobiles plunge to the bottom. Uh, said the fishing hasn't been too good for the ice fishermen, but for some scuba divers, it's been pretty good. One gentleman has hooked five vehicles, six fish houses, two ATVs, and a snowmobile. He's pulled them from Minnesota's lakes. Cool. <laughs> Wouldn't it that be? Would be cool. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, it, it's it just seems I can't. I'm too much of a chicken. I don't think I'm driving my my SUV out on the ice. I second that motion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I can ice walk house? a little bit. Ice house, maybe. Yeah, but uh, what they're saying is that uh, when these things sink, they have to report them. So anything over five hundred dollars in damage has to be reported to the police. Plus there's a requirement that you get them out. And in the many cases, it's 48 hours. So the figures on getting a vehicle out of the water is two to $6,000 for a car or truck, snowmobile or ATVs running about $1,200. Uh, Whoa. You yeah. mean we're undercharging? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Free is too bad. I mean, we can't do free then, huh? <laughs> well, we can do, but we're missing, we're missing out now. Um, what was Michigan's laws, Mac? Do you, are you aware? Do they are they required to get them out of the water if something sinks? I don't really know. I do know that uh, I have found some ice houses in Pawpaw, and I do know they're supposed to be with a tag on them, so the owners are identifiable. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you find one down there, they're responsible to having gotten it up. Yeah. But as far as the car, I really don't know. Because uh, what I've what I've heard is that that's why some of these prices are so high is because of the, the limit, that 48 hours to get them out. And it's uh, sometimes uh, if you have full coverage on your auto insurance, they pay for it. So I'm sure that's what's driving those prices up. So, well, the, Go ahead, Mac. I was going to say, the ATVs and snowmobiles, those aren't hard to get up. But, I mean, if you're bringing it up as opposed to towing it to shore. Mm-hmm. You know, getting a car or truck out is, is quite a feat if you don't have the right equipment. Oh, yeah. I, I think for the average diver, you're just not going to throw a, a couple lift bags on a car and get that up to the surface. Well, you can actually get the surface, but getting it out of the ice, because you can only get it so far up with the lift bag. Yeah. If you watched, uh, what was it, dirt, that, that show on Discovery Channel, Dirty Jobs, uh, they were doing it and making it look easy. What they did is they had a they had a rig that went that they mounted under the frame of the car. Yeah. And then they would lift bag the car up to the surface, and then that they through leverage and teeter tottering it on the edge of the ice, they were able to get the vehicle up and out. So, but that gentleman said he had a patent on that gear, <laughs> but I'm sure everybody else is doing it pretty similar. Now, there's a variation, but uh, if you know you're going to be doing it like he is, then you can afford to make your equipment, have it available, so you can do this spur of the moment. Okay, and this next one up is is in the category it makes me feel real old when famous actors are listed and I have no idea who they are. So this one is Hutcherson obtained scuba diving license for new movie. Uh, at, uh, Josh Hutcherson was was forced into taking scuba diving for the new movie he's going to be in, Journey to the Mystery Island. 
Uh, he said he's quoted as saying, "I got certified in Turks and Caicos. It was just so beautiful going to the cave, seeing the Barracuda. If you're not certified, every time you go out, you have a little bit of training course. It's a lot easier. Just get certified, and you go down a lot deeper. And then he's, I guess, his co-star is Vanessa Hudgens, which that sounds familiar. But uh, I'm I, looking I, at the pictures. I don't recognize them. No. <laughs> Too but, young for me. Yeah, I think we're just a bunch of old farts there. But I'm them. So some somebody will have to email us and let us know what they're known for. They they mentioned uh, that uh, he was on a show called Kids Are the Right Star, but uh, doesn't still doesn't ring a bell. Have to ask your kids. Yeah. And the next one is uh, local students are getting cert- certified to study abroad, so they're doing some diving in a pool to get their pool work done, and then they're going to get their open water certification in Bonaire. Twist my arm. I know. What torture that has to be for those poor students. Unbelievable. So uh, when I was reading that, there was like 25 students and three teachers. And you know that's the only reason those teachers do that class. You think so? (laughs) (laughs) And if the article ever does come up, I might be able to talk about it. I was looking for that too, and it's just, it's not coming up. No, I think think we we brought down that TV station's website, WDTV Channel 5. They've got a clinic that's closing Friday. They must have, oh, uh, they have news alerts. They must be having bad weather. Where is is this station? Five. It's Virginia. Bridgeport, Bridgeport, West Virginia. Virginia. So uh, they're having a little, must be a little snow there. It's It's probably not us bringing the site down. It's probably everybody checking to see if their schools are open tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, we're supposed to be, uh, what, seven to eight inches tonight? It's, they were saying that at work during the webinar we were talking about that, and I have no idea that we have that kind of snow coming. Huh? Have you not heard? So. And once again, we returned. Yeah. I think. I think, yeah, I think we're here. Think the cyber gods are against us tonight, huh? I, I think so. I, I think they just want to give me a little bit more to edit. So if, if Renee comes back on, we'll we'll get her back in. But she, you know, we appreciate her coming on the show. It was 2 a.m. out there in the U.K. where she's currently from, currently residing. So it is early. So I don't blame her if uh, she, she doesn't turn hers back on and get back on the show. <laughs> well, it's got to be a challenge to be up that time of the morning. Oh, I, I know. I always talk to these yanks over here on this side of the pond. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's bright and early here. It's only about 930 right now. Yep, yep. So back to the back to the news, so we can get onto the really good stuff. So that's it for the Great Barrier Reef. Uh, so yeah, I think that's good. I think it's going to introduce more people to diving than who would normally see it otherwise. So well, look at the rest of the article. They were talking about their specialty made or specially made James Bond-like submarines or submersibles will capture the unique marine life down there, meaning they're going to go deeper using their subs, uh, two camera subs. One is needed to rescue the other, which run into difficulties, so it's nice to have a backup. So just doing it tech, you know, from the techie part, being able to play with that kind of gear, that would be great. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking about the same thing for Lake Michigan. How cool would it be to be the guy who's got that contract? You know, get, get to go out and do that. And maybe, of course, you could have a little bit of uh, advanced viewing of the, the data. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that'd be fun to do. Did you take a look at some of those side pictures? They were calling them the creatures of the deep, uh, terrifying macro pictures. 
terrifying macro pitch. Oh, yes. <laughs> These are awesome. Did you look at some of those? Tiny monsters may look like they're from another planet, but are in fact creatures from our deepest oceans. You can make this up. Those red eyes glaring at you with the horns. Now, is it the one that you, is it the creatures of the deep link? Uh, creatures of the deep, terrifying macro. That's okay. what it's called. It's, yeah, we'll uh, we'll look put at that, that chat room. One of our uh, sidetracks. <laughs> Sometimes the sidetracks are more interesting than the actual actual articles. Well, you figure that that led into it, but the article we were looking at on the right-hand side, if you went down to the third picture, it uh-huh. showed it, Creatures of the Deep, and uh, it's like, that's one of those squirrels, but that was interesting. That is very interesting. You look you, at that you, one, that looks like yeah. something possessed with gummy lips. Yeah, you couldn't make that up. If you made that, you'd say that's strictly animation. Yeah. But that's a living, a loving creature. Just glad it's not about 20 feet tall. Well, how do you know it's not? Well, they said macro. That tells me it's got to be a oh. little. <laughs> now, is it just but the one picture? Wow. All right, yeah. I'll let you get off that one. But that was—I saw the picture, and that was pretty—that was pretty cool. Yeah, in the chat room, they're asking about the sound. No, the sound's back. We're still here. I can see it going through talk shoes. So, uh, but yeah, it's one of those bad internet nights. We'll, we'll blame it on the weather. Next one up is uh, Alabama judge acquits man accused of honeymoon scuba death. You know, we normally don't cover those articles, but I thought this one just had to go and talk about it. I've avoided talking about it for the last year and a half because it's been in the news. If you haven't been following, it's about that gentleman, him and his wife went scuba diving, and uh, unfortunately she didn't make it back to the surface, and uh, he was charged with uh, uh, manslaughter. Right, and I had looked at it back then, and it's like, Show me the evidence and proof. It's almost like he said, she said, or they said, he said. There wasn't any proof. Well, was this the one where they had that photo that went on and it showed in the back you could see the the body? I mean, it seems like there's been a few of them, so I, they kind of blur together. Yeah, that I'm not sure. But uh, in this particular one, what the, what happened is a judge issued a ruling that before the defense, defense even had presented its case in the two-week-long trial, and... Uh, and before jurors were given a case to deliberate, the, the judge just said, you know, there's no evidence. Uh, we just, uh, there's no way that there, that he could present it to a jury to for them to rule on because it didn't have uh, the evidence. He said the state's evidence was sorely lacking and it did not prove Watson had any financial motive. So, Yeah, there, there was some controversy about whether he earlier had wanted to increase the woman's life insurance policy. But again, that's it, it seemed incidental or coincidental. Right. Yeah. I mean, because they were just getting married, weren't they? It was like on their honeymoon. Well, newlyweds. They were. That was on the honeymoon. Yeah. 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 So they're so they're newlyweds, and so you know that just by being newlyweds. I mean, depending, because you know, like like from the policies I have at work, if I was gonna, you know, I can add my wife, but before we were married, you wouldn't be able to. So you would have a change. In it, and then also you, you know, usually have some sort of life insurance. So, right. But, well, they, uh, the state really tried to say he did it because he wanted the money, and the only eyewitness to that, and by eyewitness, I don't know to what degree, he said he thought Watson was trying to save the, his wife. So, I don't know. Yeah, and and I, I've been deliberately trying to avoid the story because it was so sensual, sens- sensual, <laughs> sensationalized. Is what the word I was looking for. Well, the, the lady's policy that went to her father. That was the beneficiary. Yeah. 
Oh, so that would have been a, a pre-existing policy, not a. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Uh, it just. Yeah. I, the reason I brought it up was just because I was surprised at how quick it went. It just they, they he made the ruling and said, "There you go." Yeah, quick after eight years. Well, but didn't he get tried down in Australia and then they yeah, came he back? Served, he served 18 months down there to uh, after pleading guilty to manslaughter involving negligence. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's that information was used as basis when he got back here. But I, I really don't know the details. But eight years. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, let's get off that article. Not not one of my favorites, but uh, I just thought it was prudent to. Uh, Okay, you have Barrier Reef in there twice, so we're jumping down the video, right? Yeah, we're jumping down the video. <clears throat> and I have, I don't even have any idea what this video is. Fishing for, yes, scuba diver helps man pull off proposal. Oh, okay, yeah. Th- this one, uh, and we get these about, I cover about 1 in 20 of these proposals. But uh, this is one I've, I've always thought of would be interesting <clears throat> to do up here. Yes. So as it goes... Uh, and, and this is an accomplishment in himself for a gentleman to get his uh, girlfriend to go ice fishing. Well, there's some hale and hearty girls out there. She's probably from Wisconsin anyway. Hey, don't you know? Uh, <laughs> some some <clears throat> men uh, get down on one knee and some others do it uh, different ways. But uh, this one was rather unique. Uh, Buck of uh, Wapleton, North Dakota, decided to ask his girlfriend to marry him. And uh, he went above and beyond. He went below the ice. He got help from a friend who was a scuba diver. On this day of fishing, he convinced his girlfriend, Kelly O'Leary, uh, to go fishing. Uh, what, she, what she did not know is that Buck's friend, who was a scuba diver, was 70 feet away under a portable fishing house, or an ice shanty as we call them, with a hole cut in the bottom big enough for a diver to fit in. His friend... Uh, who was also a water rescue diver, agreed to help pull off the proposal on the ice. He swam the 70 feet through frigid water to find the lure. When O'Leary saw the bobber go down, uh, he told her not to set the hook, knowing his diver friend was inches away, having put the ring on the submerged plastic fish. I hope he was really, really careful. Yeah. Imagine taking a diamond ring, putting it on that hook when you got your rubber gloves yeah. or your mitts on. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I would have been nervous as all get out. I mean, not only for a proposal, but that it would have, have fallen. So they, uh, it sounds like they had a plastic fish that they uh, had the ring on. That so, would make sense, or put the the ring in the fish or something. But yeah. yeah. So after she pulled the lure, which was uh, at ring bearing at that time, she said yes, which followed a quick wash in the lake. <laughs> how how is it? Yeah. That's a cool picture of her and him in their ice shanty. Yeah, that is neat. That's, yep, neat. that's a so nice that's, shot. So it's it's one of those I'd always thought of. Uh, that would be a, a neat. I, I I still would like to just scare the crap out of somebody in ice shanty too. But the <laughs> problem is you got to get out of the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they'll so they'll find you. So yeah, an excellent shot. They look happy. And that looks like a bigger shanty than we have too. Yeah, it looks like an ice condo. Yeah, we need one of those. Yeah, there we go. But I don't. I, I bet I bet you that's one of those like built-ins that stays there all the time. That's probably because they got about two feet of ice out there. Yeah. And then here's one, a Mac, that I've I've wondered doesn't why it doesn't happen more often. And this is Bomb Squad was called out. Okay, and what state are we in here? Orlando? Okay, Orlando. Yep. So the SUV was left in the Avis budget rental car lot. 
bomb squad responded to an Orlando International Airport this Tuesday afternoon after reports of suspicious canister in a rental car lot, Orlando fire officials said. Um, around 2.30 p.m. on Tuesday, he found an SUV abandoned in the car. Yeah, how, how do you, why why they use that word? Why are they saying it's abandoned? It's parked. You know, is, is it only abandoned because they found something in it? Well, I wonder if it was a, was it a budget rental car that was an SUV? I don't know. They don't really say. Suspicious canner was, was reported to be in the vehicle. When the hazardous material crews came to investigate, they found it to be a scuba tank left in the SUV. <clears throat> it's a little hard not to tell what a scuba tank is. I would think anyway, especially in Florida. You would think so, but yeah, I mean, that would make sense. Maybe it was a returned rental vehicle. So they thought, or maybe it was parked in the wrong spot, but you know, yeah. abandoned. Uh, how's a car ab- abandoned a parking lot? Yeah, yeah, there, th- there's a lot to be desired from what they put here. Yeah. There's, there's, there's something more to it. There's, there's a, Somebody here, here that let, let's say this is me. I, I always have tanks in my car. So if I happen to go to the airport cause I'm traveling and I drive my vehicle, there's a chance there might be a scuba tank in the back of the car. If I'm in long-term parking, I would not say that would be abandonment. Absolutely not. So, and it's, as long as you're following the DOT rules, you don't have more than uh, six scuba tanks and they're not overfilled. Then you're perfectly legal in having, tanks in the back of your vehicle now you said six is that a magic number you pulled out of the ether or is actually that, the- that is from our good friend of the show rich sinowick who is an expert on many things but also says that the dot requirements are six anything over six is a violation you have to have uh really? I, I, yeah that's i was kind of surprised myself i'd like to find out what it is uh i i it has to be uh and and, I, and and don't take my word for it. There's some probably some stipulations on permitting and another thing, but it was six was the magic number. If you have over six, you could be in trouble. It's hard that the DOT is going to apply to a person in his private vehicle hauling his own equipment that's not for commercial uses. Yeah, it's well, that's the, a lot. well. The thing also is we violate that all the time. Shh, shh, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. We don't violate that. No, all the we time. never if violate we, that. No. DOT agents who are listening to program. No, uh, no, but you're, you're right. It's, it's one of those laws that, um, you know, for for one thing, the person who pulls you over has to know it's a law. The only time I see that one getting applied is when somebody's looking to have some sort of charge or set you up. Yeah. Here, can you take a couple tanks for me? Well, but you know what? That 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 could easily happen. I mean, I've got a trip coming up, and we've already discussed uh, how you know we got two vehicles going down to Florida. You know, Josh and Jim and myself are all planning and doing diving. We're going to have plenty of tanks, and we're talking about putting it in, all in one vehicle. But if that's the ruling, you know, it might make sense to split the tanks up between two. What about us? What if you had a toy box and you were carrying things in it? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, like we'll have to have uh, yeah, we'll have to have Rich on and uh, and have him uh, get us the information. But yeah, he he covered that, and that was the magic number was six. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I know what you mean. That was one I was kind of puzzled on because to me, if you're properly maintaining, you know, you got your viz on them. Now, what Rich did say, the viz is not a requirement. 
Uh, not, I don't mean the visiting the hydro. You have, huh? you have to be within legal hydro. Interesting. Yeah. So, and I, I think the way around it is uh, you don't have you don't have them under pressure when you transport yeah, them. Yeah, then it would that'd be a moot point altogether. Then. Yeah. Yeah. And mine are always empty. Yeah. Well, if I had six. And... <laughs> well, you're just using them all the time. <laughs> just breathe on them as we're driving. Yeah. Okay, and then this final one, which makes me want to cry, actually, and I didn't paste it to you, Mac, but I'm sure you've seen it, is the Odyssey has to give back the treasure. What is that about? You're talking about the Spanish one? Yeah. That's the, oh, don't start me on this, buddy. <laughs> How can the, did you see the post I made on Facebook? Yes. All right, do you remember the two? There were actually two of them. Did you happen to read them or look through them? I did a little bit. It's it's just along the line that just yeah. Uh, give yeah. give me a, uh, a second now. I'll uh, get my little notes here. Yeah, yeah. So so this one for those who don't know what we're jabbering about because it's just so shocking to us. The Odyssey Marine Exploration Incorporated was directed to start turning over to Spain a 17-ton haul, which is 15,400 kilograms of treasure and artifacts from a Spanish warship it discovered five years ago in the Atlantic Ocean. U.S. Magistrate Judge Mark Pizzo of Tampa, Florida, ordered Odyssey return to treasure from uh, Nuestra Senora de las Mercedes to Spain custody on February 24th. A federal appeals court last year affirmed the dismissal of the Odyssey's claims of ownership for the wreck's cargo. Spain claimed the Mercedes was a Spanish Royal Navy frigate that exploded and sank in combat in 1804, according to September 21st ruling. The U.S. Court of Appeals Atlanta, as, as Spanish sovereign property, the ship is immune to claims made in U.S. Spain, argued. Uh, the general counsel for the Tampa-based Odyssey didn't immediately return phone calls after, since it was after regular business hours. It was, the Mercedes was loaded with 900,000 silver pesos, 5,809 golden pesos and 2,000 copper and 10 ingots, part of the convoy taking treasure from Spain, from Peru, then still a Spanish vice, vice royalty, and then was intercepted by a British squadron one day from arriving at the Spanish port of Cadiz. Secret agreement, Spain needed the treasure to pay France under a secret agreement, and Great Britain, which was in conflict with France, had informed Spain that it considered the financial support of France's ground for attack, according to the Court of Appeal. Okay. First of item, and if I were going to the uh, Diver Showcase, I would be taking a look at it. I think there's a presentation going to be given by, uh, I believe it's Valerie from up north. Yes. On 25 years of the, uh, basically the Shipwreck Act, 1987. Mm -hmm. All right. I printed an article the other day that, that I am for, and I conclude that I would repeal the Abandoned Shipwrecks Act of 1987. Well, the basic item, it's unconstitutional and violates our Fifth Amendment rights. If you go through and read the aspects of what it declares, and then you think about what they're saying about the U.S. court is going over admiralty law, telling somebody in our country that what they find in the middle of the Atlantic belongs to somebody else. How can that even be valid? They have no say-so over that. It, it used to be, it's down there, you find it, it's yours. All right. The bottom line is the state was basically saying then anything left on the bottom belongs to the people, regardless of how many years it's been. 400 years, it's still Spain's because it's their ship. Okay. If that's true, 
then when they said you can't dive and do stuff to the wrecks on the bottom of Lake Michigan because they belong to the state, that's incorrect. They belong to the people who are the ancestors of those ships. So the state has actually preempted federal law. You can't do that. And you can't have it both ways. You can't give away something that somebody found that somebody had lost or abandoned 400 years ago. And on the same hand, say, hey, all the lakes, all the ships in Lake Michigan belong to the state anyway. You, you can't do it both ways. Sure you can. If you're a government and you have to go, oh. Yeah, you haven't worried. You haven't learned anything about politics yet. Yeah, well, my, my point is, if you haven't read that repeal the abandoned shipwrecks law that I put on uh, Facebook, you really need to do that. The second one, and I, I really encourage you to read, <clears throat> print it out because it's a long one. It's called uh, Ethics and Underwater Archaeology. And the subtitle is Capitalism versus Socialism and Underwater Archaeology. And the authors of, of two of these events, matter of fact, are uh, Dr. Um, e. Lee Spence. And if you don't know who he is, he's the one who really found the original submarine that somebody else claims to have found. <laughs> the Huntley. You know who I'm talking about, Clyde yeah. Kessler? Yep. When this first came out, Dr. Lee found that first. So I don't care what Huntley says or uh, Kessler said, Lee found it. Aside from that, you need to read this other item. It's quite interesting. He concurs that there is a need for archaeology and for saving and preservation, but you can't make, you should not make, because they obviously did, make laws strictly to make things feel good. If it's not effective, it's not working, and you, in fact, create more issues by making a declaration you can't touch anything, it, it's it's not, ah, can't think of the words to say. It's just incorrect to do. Read the article, Ethics and Underwater Archaeology. Read the other one, Repeal the Law. Make your own conclusion, because then you'll have something you can go by, other than some crazy guy ranting and raving. <laughs> well, we, we like the ranting and raving. <laughs> In fact, if you want to rant and rave and you feel like you should be on the show, email us at theshow at scubaobsessed.com, and we'll, we'll, you know, if we think you got something interesting to talk about, we'll get you on. Well, it was funny, because last week, everybody was talking about fins uh-huh. versus split fins. Yeah. You go to Chicago last week for the uh, Our World Underwater, and people say, well, what is the big advantage of this fin over that fin? Split fins versus power fins. It was interesting. Yeah. Well, that, that, that takes us to the end of the news, so why don't we go ahead and talk about last week's dives, which we didn't get in. So I understand that you made it to the Our World Underwater show. Yep, the Mud Club had uh, six representatives roaming around, making nuisances of ourselves. Uh, probably the only disappointing part is I missed the mermaids again. You missed them? How'd you miss them? Uh, well, we checked. The, I, you know, you got to check the women, uh, the ladies first. Uh, they were not there at the booth that they were going to be. So we went mucking around, and I really enjoyed last this this last presentation. I think it was better than the last four or five years altogether. Wow. And, stuff to look at, not just the vacations and go on a cruise and do this. It had equipment, it had gear, it had lots of lights, rebreathers. It so, was fun. So there were more booths this year. Oh, yes. Well, we spent probably five and a half hours, oh, and wow. I could have gone back through everything again. Oh, we did wow. a quick tour just to see what we wanted to concentrate on. Then we went back and started looking at stuff. And I think the key items we were looking at is uh, rebreathers, uh, some good tech equipment, and uh, lights. Oh, man, do they have some great lights. LEDs are the only way to go. And if you haven't talked to Bob, talk to him and Kurt about they're selling their lights because they're going to buy this new one. 
It is freaking awesome. Now, now tell me uh, about the, the new light. I kind of missed that. You know how I always talk about I follow him because he has that underwater sun? Yeah, yeah, the one that like blazes a hole through the water. Right. I'm buying that one from him because he's selling it so you can buy this new one. Okay. Oh. This new one is about 3,000 lumens. In that highly lit building, he took that one and put it up the ceiling, and it just looked like a Klieg light. You're looking for aircraft in the, in the skies. So who's making that that dive light? Uh, I couldn't tell you to save my life right at <laughs> the moment. Uh, cool. It's a pretty salty item because you're talking into the four figures. Four figures? Uh-huh. So, well, I mean, over $1,000 then is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. yeah, well, I think the one he's got was a $1,200, $1,300 it's a little less than that, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna buy that from him. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'll have me a mini son. And uh, but oh, we looked at some with the hand mounts, uh, anywhere from the three to six LEDs. Some had the uh, sliders that you could change it to the red, depending on if you're doing photography. Mm-hmm. Uh, but light seemed to be a big one, and some neat cameras. Let me clue you. Uh, they had some real good specials. You would have bought one. Remember the one you bought a couple of years ago? Yeah. One out there, probably three times that good. For 225 with a you, case, under order case, good to 110, 120 feet. How about video? How was the video cameras? Uh, expensive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they did have uh, uh, good representatives for the um, the pro, like like um, Jim has. Yes. And uh, they actually had a couple of the 3D ones. Those are nice. And I can't think of the names of them because I wasn't really prepared to talk about it, other than there are some nice ones. Uh I'll look for some stuff and then send that to you for next week, maybe. But on the light and on, on some of the cameras we looked at. But it was a, it was a good show. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, we we went ahead and played with one of the rebreathers, the new Poseidon, the sport one. Did I mm-hmm. lose you again? No, I'm still here. Okay, the sport one. Uh, I think the price there was a little salty, too. Run around. She was saying between 6500 and 8500 depending on where you bought it and what you bought with it. Because uh, we were talking about, well, what kind of training do you need for a set it and forget it, basically, on the surface to go diving? And she said you still need at least 40 hours of um, training on it. And then when you start adding the cost of that plus your training cost, it's still getting pretty much up there. But uh, it was quite interesting to look at, play around with, get your hands on it. And if we were a little younger, I'd probably be getting me a rebreather. But I'd probably get the kiss. I like that one. Now, that's like what Bob has. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that. I know it's not completely automated, but it, it, I think it puts the responsibility in your hands. And once you understand, you know, listening to Bob, of course, you know, we've been around him for a few years diving on that. I just like the control and the responsibility that that, that gives you. Well, listening to the, uh, the lady talk about this particular one here, the Poseidon Sport one, um, Depending on your breathing rate, if you're like a big dog or, or someone who's comfortable in the water, your downtime for for a dive could be uh, three to five hours on one container or your your you know, your soda sort pack, um, which is nice. The it is set for partial pressure. I believe she said at 1.2 for the whole dive. Yeah. So you're not watching your three items to see what am I doing, what's it going, is it changing? It's constantly set. So you're limited obviously on your depth. And you do have a display, and then you can go by your display if it looks like you're getting a deco. You come up, you can burn some stuff off because you're using O2. Right. Go back down. It, it it sounded a lot simpler. And then if you got an alarm, you just say, screw this, let's go up. And uh, even though you didn't have one, I asked her, well, what about a bailout? I mean, because if I'm using a rebreather, I'd, I'd feel much more comfortable if I had 
well, rebreather or otherwise. I like having a bailout. And, you know, she recommended, well, having a good bailout's not a bad idea. You didn't need to have an 80 or something. Again, depending on where you dive and, you know, what kind of environment. But uh, it was fun. It's, you, you would have enjoyed it. You'd have come back with stuff stuck in your pockets. Uh-huh. Uh, we looked at some wetsuit items that I hadn't seen before. A lady had a machine, and you could put, I think she had 10 samples of wetsuit materials that is currently used today. Uh-huh. Big cylinder. And then she pressed them down. It was um, in a container that you can pressurize, watch how far you're going down, and watch how much they shrank. And that gave you an idea of, you know, how efficient they were. And then the material she was using, she had there to show you, this one's pretty much unaffected. Now, it wasn't the stretchy materials like we're having, mm-hmm. uh, but what her suit was is it had zippers everywhere, basically. So when you put it on, you got a real good tight tight seal. But even where the zippers were at, it was like, uh, what's a better way to say it? There was no open seam at the zipper. So oh, so had- it's uh, where they where you've got the, the zippers just to kind of pull the material together. Correct. So you could put the suit on really nice. And then zip it without, you know, busting your butt like I do when I try to put my legs on. Yeah. On the on the Farmer John's. Yeah. But in the arms. And then she had like double seals. that must have been six inches long on the wrist. So you were not ever going to get any water in your sleeves. Uh, the back, the, the back, the spine pads in the back took up that vacant part. So you're never going to have any entrapment through your back. Uh, it was really neat to go through and look at a lot of the equipment. And sale prices were great if you were in the... You know, if you wanted a dry suit, they had them there for 600 and up. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, depend on the bells and whistles, of course. Uh-huh. Um, I I enjoyed myself. I think everybody who went there, of the six guys, it was nice. It's like they've had some money with me. Yeah. So that was, actually, I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. So back. that is Our World Underwater in Chicago. And yeah. they've this is one of the longest running dive shows. What was this, the 40-something year? Yeah, 41st, I think, 41st, 43rd. It's been a while. Yeah, so they've been doing this for a little bit, so they're they're not new at it. And always, always a good show. I've only been to it to the one, the one time, but I had a blast. And I'm determined next year I'm going to get to it. Uh, famous last words, my daughter will probably be swimming again. That's what kept me out was uh, she was doing her uh, regionals for swim team and when did that. So I was I, I watched and supported her. And uh, missed the dive show, unfortunately, darn it. Well, we had a lot of the uh, seminars planned to go to. We never got to one. We spent the whole time looking at gear, which really surprised me. I, I, I thought we'd, you know, two years ago, we just blew through it. This time, there was enough to keep you busy. Now, was there anything in the gear that just absolutely surprised you? Uh, let's see. No, it was all, it was more going through looking at something. I'd like to have this, like to have that. Uh, could see a use for this and comparing stuff. Uh, I think I bought me a new uh, rescue buoy, not rescue buoy, but um, safety sausage. Thank you. Yes, I, we bought the Dan ones. The, okay. I've got the smaller ones, and having used them two years ago up north, not for rescue, but for identification. Here I am. I need a pickup. Yeah. They were inadequate. Well, this new one is about six feet plus. It's got that radar stripe down it. It's got the inflatable. So when you, you can blow it up, so you're not using half the water column to get the get it up in the air. Yeah. Uh, they came with a little net pocket, so you could you could buy the version that had the mirror, the whistle, and the light in it. Uh, we got it without it, and it was sixty bucks, which was cheaper than we'd seen anywhere else. So that was by Dan. 
Uh, so we got those. I'm, I'm really fi I'm fixing mine up with a thumb reel or a finger reel so we can use when we're doing dives 60, 70, 80 feet out, you know. And you got to mm -hmm. make it set without knowing where the line is. That's the way to do it. So anyway, we got those. Uh, there's some great places for uh, historical diving, uh, meaning equipment, books. So we, we, talk, we talked to a lot of people. It was fun. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I, I wish I could go. I'm uh, hopefully next year I can make it out. Uh, it, it's it's fun. Maybe, maybe I'll have to negotiate with my daughter see if. Uh, yeah, are you going, or is anybody going to the uh, diver showcase basically? And yeah, so Ford Seahorses in Ann Arbor, yep. Michigan, is putting on their their scuba show. Uh, I'm yep. not going to be able to make it because I'm doing the family thing again. I've got uh, Pinewood Derby, but I. Do know uh, that uh, there's going to be quite a few divers and friends over there. Rich Sinewick, uh, Dave Tunneman, uh, Tony. I've, I've heard a rumor that they're trying to get Tony to go. So okay. uh, head over there, and if you see him, say hi. You know, they'll, they'll have a booth there for White Star. Uh, are you planning on going, or are you going to? Uh, probably not. I looked at the this, uh, presentations, and there's only one I would really have liked to listen to. Uh, so I won't be going just for the one. Well, I did on my way back from the dive show, which was in Hastings, Michigan, uh, not dive show, my daughter's swim team. I went by Lake 16 and Lake 16 did have a little bit of ice on it, but it was melting. It was down to about an inch and it didn't look like anybody's been on Lake 16 this year. Uh, I didn't see any of the telltale signs, and you could see near the shore where people had been do had been drilling test holes in the ice. So uh, it doesn't look like they had enough ice there. But there was a a few lakes a little farther north that you could tell they had been doing some sort of competition on because they had racing courses set up. So I don't know if it was motorcycle racing or ATVs or or what, but uh, somebody up in that area had been doing something on the ice. But but those lakes also had open water. Uh huh. So not a really good year for, for ice diving in our neck of the woods. It, it's unusual because we normally do, but this year has been odd. Well, it, it seems like you've got to get that ice building early. If we if we don't usually have it by the first or second week of January, or usually we have had it the first or second week, because we've done it where we've done open water for the New Year's Eve and New Year's Day dive, and then two weeks later we're doing ice dives. Right, like... Uh... It was last year we were doing that ice dives. Yeah, last, last two years. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. So I, I, there would be no way I would have said we wouldn't have had an had an, uh, a cut through the ice ice dive by this time of the year. Yeah, this is the first year I don't think we we have been able to do anything near that. Yeah. Going back, let me just re go back real quick to um, the Great Lakes Shipwreck Festival. Under the technical items, they were doing um, one called the Keystone State. Detroit River Cannons, Abandoned Shipwreck Act at 25 years, Sharks in the Great Lake, Caribou Hunters Beneath Lake Huron, Great Lakes, uh, Ancient Shores, Reefs, and Lake Levels, and Underwater Photography, Avoiding Common Pitfalls. Those were the key items I saw under technical. And like I said, I'd like to have listened to Valerie talk about the abandoned shipwreck, and I'd like to listen to about the cannon, because I'd love to find a cannon in a river. Oh, yeah. But uh, those were the major items, and not sufficient for my particular purpose. Now, but you, they do look like if you're interested into diving the world, pictorials, there's some nice ones there. 
Now, do you think with a magnetometer or a good wide loop metal detector you could find a cannon in a river? I'm sure you can find a lot of stuff in a river, not necessarily a cannon. I mean, even with the with the metal detector, like on the uh, Havana, if the guys are really serious about putting the anchor on display, mm-hmm. that should not be a problem. Locating it, not getting it out of the freaking sand is going to be an issue. Yeah, a lot of but sand you have to pick move. It up pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. So sounds like you had a good time at the dive show, and Absolutely. if you have an opportunity to get a dive show, if you're not doing some diving, great time of the year to get that in. Also, as a remember, make sure you get your diving gear serviced. You don't want to miss out on dives in the beginning of the year. It, I, I think we're going to have uh, early spring here. I I'm really hoping do. so. I, I wanted to get out this you know, Saturday and hit the river, but I checked it the other day, and it is uh, a little fast, a little high, and ugly. Yeah, I, I think we're going to have too much flow. Yeah, yeah I, so, This has not been a good year for river diving. Well, you mean so far. It was great last year. Yeah, last year we had an amazing year. We had some, but uh, you, know it, want, you know why we want to get back down there in Niles, don't you? Why is that? Remember that thing that we thought was a gang box? Oh yeah, the junk in. Yep. That's not a gang box. The car. That's that back of that truck. That what we thought was a Model T. Yep. Where those doors yep. came from? They came from that. Yeah. We need to dig that baby out and see what's in the front of that box. <laughs> I agree. So I'm looking forward to that. That's why I want to get out there and start start digging. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that'd be fun. We'll get that down. We'll, we'll rub it in everybody's nose that they missed out on that. Also, remember they still got that scuba fest in Columbus, Ohio. That's yep. March 17 and 18. I'm still looking into that because that's got a little bit of time I can think about that one. Mm-hmm. That might be something worth a day trip. Yeah. So we got scuba fest, and then yep. also we've got the uh, the ghost following ships. month ghost ships. Yep, April 13 and 14. Now, Bob will probably go back to that because if you're into techie stuff, that's nice. And if you want to try some uh, CCR, some rebreathers, go there. It's well worth your time. It's fun. Excellent. Well, um, you know, as always, we thank everybody in the chat room. If you're not in the chat room, you're missing out. That was a great active chat room today. Uh, we've got uh, make sure you, you like us if you haven't done so already. Go to uh, facebook.com forward slash scuba obsessed. You can like us on there. We also love the reviews. You can review us on TalkShoe. We're show 73759. And you can also give us five-star reviews on iTunes. We absolutely love those. And if you give us one from another country, please send us a screenshot. We can't see those, so we can't give you credit for leaving us a five-star review in another country's iTunes store. But we'd certainly love to see them. I'd I'd love to see uh, what the foreign iTunes stores look like. Uh, also, uh, grab a friend. If you have somebody who's uh, not listening to the show, let them know. Uh, try and get them into the chat room and and have a good time and contribute that way. If you have any ideas for the show, anything you'd like to see, any guests, you can contact us on the show at scubaobsessed.com. We're also on Google+. Plus. We have a Scuba Obsessed page there. You can follow us on Twitter, at Scuba Obsessed, and I'm at Darren Jilson, D-A-R-R-I-N-J-I- L-L-S-O-N. And then uh, also if you like some Scuba Obsessed swag, we are on Zazzle. So you hit scubaobsessed.com website and you can click on over. And then, Mac, you just pasted in that article. Which one's that one for? Uh, that one is for the ethics and underwater archaeology. 
And you're, mm-hmm. there'll probably be a link on that somewhere back to the aspect about the uh, uh, scuba laws I was talking about earlier. Yep. Okay. So got that one going out there in the chat room. Oh, okay. Well, I think we're about to that time of the show. Can Are it be possible? Sure? Uh, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it has to be. So uh, just a reminder before we get into the joke, we want to thank again, Renee for coming on and visit our show notes and find out how you can vote for her as the, as to get the best dive job. So, but yeah. Okay. Let's see. So these, some of these are bad. I mean, and not, not just bad, but bad, bad. So, mm. I was looking for that other link real quick so I could post it to if somebody came there, they could at least find it. And I, for the life of me, I can't find it now. Okay. I'll find it and reprint it if somebody wants it. Yeah, this one, gosh, some of these, I don't know. Here, here we go. I, I, I guess I'll have to, I'll have to do this one. So, John, the diving, the, the diving, <laughs> John, the diver, diving. Oh, crud! Boy, I, I, this, what day is it? This Thursday. Are you doing tongue twisters now? I, I I can't even talk. I can't even talk. So John the Diver, he sends a message for an internal revenue service agent and his lawyer to come to his hospital. When they arrived, they were ushered into his room. As they entered the room, John the Diver held his hand and mentioned for them to sit on each side of the bed. The diver grasped his hand, sighed contently, smiled, staring at the ceiling. For a time, no one said anything. Both the IRS agent and the lawyer were touched and flattered that... The old man would ask them to be with him during his final moments. Then they were also puzzled because John the diver had never given any indication that he liked either of them. Finally, the lawyer asked John, why did you ask the two of us to come here? The old diver mustered all his strength and then said weakly, Jesus died between two thieves and that's how I'd like to go. Uh, oh man, after my own heart. <laughs> so, until next time, go out there and get wet. And stay safe, guys. Scuba Obsessed is the weekly podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear. What, am I, what, what is this podcast about, Mac? <laughs> Let me see here.